And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? You want to buy a box of stash? Uh, probably, but I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. I got it from Snoop Dogg and I'll sell you a box of stash. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, it comes with a lot of cool an, benefits. And it's I don't an interesting know. Way to, it's an interesting way to start the show. Um, I'm assuming <laughs> since this is, uh, another, another installment in our series about the NFT industry that you're referring to the many, many, uh, Snoop Dogg and Death Row NFTs that I've seen that yeah. have been issued. I've been smoking okay. some stash over here. Okay. Snoop Dogg stash. I, I'm I'm so tempted right now to veer off course and ask you so much Snoop about that. Dog. But I'll, 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 what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Canva, where I might actually go and make an image of what I believe your stash actually looks like. But that's also where people go to collaborate and create amazing graphic designs for free. So whether it's a presentation to share an idea, a video to launch your business, or a social post to start a conversation with Canva, you can design anything. Discover the magic of visual communication and how Canva helps you create a lasting impact today. Go to canva.com to learn more. There's a link in the show notes for that, Matt. There's also a link to go back and start catching the episodes of this series. So we're back in it. Hopefully we deliver this series on time, unlike our 52-part series about how to start a tech company that came out two months late. That was a fun series. This is fun too, though. I, I like know. it. Yeah, Maybe it's I, all the well, stash. I don't know. We've been learning a lot. Yeah, we've been learning a lot. So I think the important thing is is to always check out your stash before you listen to your music NFTs. But I'm excited for today's show because, you know, I have a passion and a love for music. I have a history in and around the industry, including my co-authoring of the book, The Realist Guide to a Successful Music Career with my dear friend, Joel Cummins, which, Matt, did you see all of the amazing musicians that were in there? We had a member of Dave Matthews' band write the forward. We had Taylor Hicks, former American Idol winner, and classic rockers like Huey Lewis. I mean, it just went on and on. That was a lot of fun. There was some big names in there. Very, It was very yeah. cool. It's always fun when you get to hang out with your heroes. You get so, to hang out with rock stars. Yeah, so I just know, get to hang out with about- you. I'm a rock star. Yeah. So in my own mind, I've been legendary for years. So, you know, we're talking about NFTs, non-fungible tokens, and the applications that so many people are finding with them. And just, you know, as I mentioned, this is part of a broader series with the first series is titled WTF as an NFT. And the second one's about NFT art. Now, you know, in the art episode, we dabbled a little bit with music. We talked some about it, but this is specifically about music and you you know much like you mentioned we're seeing a lot of 
NFTs. Uh, okay, so first off, it, they're flooding the market right now. There's like an NFT from like literally as we were starting recording, my phone sent me a notification from Adidas who's issuing another NFT. The day after the Super Bowl, Snoop Dogg sold yeah. 44 million. That was the stash boxes. Yep, that's why. Dude, I was those are to. that, and that's dollars, not doll yeah. hairs. Like, Five thousand dollars a box. Uh, and uh, you know, so what is that? Right. So it, what, well, Matt, what's in your stash? Well, so I was looking it up today in preparation for our episode today about this. And I was trying to figure out, I'm like, what happened to the Snoop Dogg thing that happened after the Super Bowl and whatever? And what the hell was it? And honestly, it was really hard to even find what the hell it was. And finally, I found on OpenSea, which is one of the largest uh, places, marketplaces for NFTs. Most people have heard of OpenSea, OpenSEA.io, which is like a billion-dollar unicorn company now. Um, there are some stash boxes on there, and it says if you open the box, you randomly get one of the tracks that are on this new album, along with some other potential goodies and in the future you may get all these wonderful things and we're going to promise you'll get all these cool things in the future maybe in experiences and whatever right it's a, it's all hype right and so there are a few of them on there and then evidently i guess somehow you open the box and you figure out what song you got and then those songs were also for sale on so the the boxes were listed for still about five to six thousand dollars on OpenSea. um it seems like the price of them is kind of trending down but then the songs were selling for like one to two thousand dollars, so I guess whatever else you get in the box is probably worth nothing. And so you you open the box for five thousand dollars, you get a song that's worth two thousand dollars. But it's all to me, it's all hype and total bullshit. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not gonna disagree with that in full. And now, so but, all right, I I did similar research. And this is what I found. And we're, we're going to use Snoop. So hope Snoop, if you're listening, come on the show and tell talk us. to us about tell this. Tell us about your cash grab. Be, we want to hear about how yeah, you did this big right, cash grab. Right. And, and by the way, congratulations. Because yeah. guess what? If you can do it, go for it. Yeah. Now, you know, so one of the things that, that before I talk about what I found with Snoop and the Death Row releases specifically, and you're, you're right about what you're talking about with the stash box. And they, they, Snoop's like killing it. He's like leading the charge for music NFTs. So, uh, you know, a few things that I want to set, I want to set a little foundation for. So, you know, as I mentioned, history in the music industry. Now I worked on the musical instrument side. So at one point I worked for the world's largest maker of electronic musical instruments, Roland, uh, and went on to have my uh, first uh, real business for the following eight years. Uh, I was in a ticket broker. So I worked with live events and worked with teams, venues, uh, sometimes artists to help them sell stuff. And sometimes you just bought tickets and sold them. Anyway, so been around it for a while, but over the last 20 years, for all of you listening, if you're old enough to remember 20 years ago, uh, music went from, okay, so you had vinyl, actual records. Now that was way more than 20 years ago. And the problem with the vinyl record was it was big. And it was just, you had to go to a store and buy it. Then later cassettes come and they were or eight tracks and then cassettes. Those were easier. You could put them in your pocket. You could have a whole bunch of them. You could play them in your car. Now with that, after that comes the compact discs. Now when the compact disc came out, it was a huge windfall for musicians and mainly for labels because it costs like a nickel to make a CD and they were getting 10, 15 bucks for them. 
Now, when that was going on, artists weren't touring as much because touring wasn't as profitable because, you know, now, okay, now if you wanted to go, okay, so Snoop Dogg and Ice Cube are coming to Kansas City this summer, and it's probably like $200 a ticket for a VIP ticket. Now, 20 years ago, that was when all tickets, like if you go back and look at all ticket stuff, they'd be like $19, $29, $39, and they didn't get the kind of money they got because they were making money off recording and stuff like that. So then, then everything gets disrupted with Napster. Yeah, because people start file sharing and it forced music to change. And then it all evolves into basically the the streaming services that you're going to see now. There was a brief interlude where you'd buy like, I mean, oh, dude, you know how many times I spent 99 cents on one song on iTunes? Because it was a lot. Right. So with that, as the revenue from recording began to drop, musicians turned back to the road and started making huge money from touring. Now, over the last couple of years, that hasn't even been possible. So, you know, the, the topsy-turvy world of revenue for music creators has gone up and down. And now, right, and right now, they're in a pretty, they're, they're in a new, a new flower is blossoming that might resemble a little bit of a tulip and tulip mania in some regards, meaning like it's getting a little, it's, it might be a little overhyped or whatever. So what, so now back to music NFTs, you're seeing a whole wide variety of different stuff come out. So Matt mentioned kind of like the blind box, like buy it, you have some rights to some stuff, things like that. There's a level of exclusivity. Other things that, that were Snoop Dogg related. So Snoop also, released the doggies yeah for and sandbox. these are little nft sandbox characters that They're like a skin will be like avatars and avatars in the metaverse now those those uh, are trading for 10, like six hundred dollars yeah and there's ten thousand hundred dollars yeah lot, yeah that's a lot of money right you also have other individual so they did also release a bunch of individual tracks so what they'll do is they'll put one. So when we were talking about art NFTs, most of the time it would be like a one of one. If you go to at DeCourcy mm-hmm. Matt at Twitter, you can see the apes that we, you know, that we bought to, as examples and you get one of one. Now with a lot of the music stuff, what it comes out is they'll put it out and you're buying, you might be one of 250 people that own it. It's not always a one of one kind of thing. So they're issuing them in different quantities and minting them the same way that they do image based stuff. And then I, you know, I just didn't have time to get it done. I was actually going to buy a different death row Snoop Dogg release where you, you would have a song and you actually owned the rights to the song with it. Right. I think the goal with some of it will be a revenue sharing model, right? Where it's like, as a fan, you can help help support the musician now supporting Snoop Dogg is probably a bad example, but supporting like, you know, a small up and coming band of like, you get it, they get a thousand fans to put in 500 bucks or whatever. And that gives them enough money to go on tour or pay for the recording cost or whatever. And then if they make it big, then, you know, you get some of the streaming revenue or whatever. Well, so, so, and, and with that, what I I was going to do is I was going to purchase a, um, so I can't just publish, I can't just use, a Snoop Dogg song during this show or mm. the intro in it or anywhere else. Cause tech, well I could, but I'd be subjecting myself to potential legal action from them. Cause I don't own the rights to the music. So like the, the song that's playing and the startup hustle 
intro where you hear my voice talking over it, I, I purchased that from a non-royalty source, meaning mm-hmm. like I had to pay a little bit of money for it. I think I paid like 30 bucks for it, but then yeah. I didn't have to pay royalties on it. Now, so here's the thing, because I, I, then I have the right, so that's the way it's set up. So in, this, in that last example, you could get like, you'd have like one of a hundred, but you would own the track so you could edit it. And it like says that right there in the, de- in the definitions, like you own the rights to the music, feel free to mix it, use it, do whatever you want with it. And now that would have been like anywhere from like, so here's the funny thing. It would have been like 30 to 50 bucks to buy the NFT. And then, and then the reason I didn't buy it, cause at the time the network was a little jammed up for Ethereum and it wanted $75 <laughs> worth of, of yeah, fees there's that to transfer too. it. And that's why I didn't complete the transaction, which is a major flaw yes. in this. So that's a, a problem because not everyone's going to, not all these music acts are going to be able to get $5,000 per yeah. NFT. They're going to like maybe get like 20 or 50 or something like that. So, and then one other example. So I used this in the art one. So a, a good friend of mine, Jake Sininger, who's also the guitarist in Umphreys McGee, um, did a live show about a year ago, like online, kind of like a Zoom kind of thing. And they recorded it. Well, he improvised an entire song that was like 25 minutes long. And then they sold the NFT afterward. So the person that bought that did have a one of one kind of thing. And technically they bought the song. So there's a lot of things. And then, you know what? Actually, one more example. So um, there is a, uh, a site that popped up, uh, golive.ly. Now, this is, I, I know people that started this and I know some of their investors. This is a platform that uh, musicians are using to uh, teach lessons and do private performances for people and stuff like that. And they just launched an NFT component. So they just partnered with an NFT creator of sorts to help people in the go lively platform. So for example, if you, so you could hire Jake, he'll do a a private concert for you and it's like $1,500. So if you want the NFT that goes with that as well, afterward, you could also buy it. So a lot of really cool stuff coming out. And I like, I like anything that puts money in the, in the musician's hands and the creators, but it's going to be real interesting to see how this comes out because much like uh, your Twitter profile, Matt, I'm pretty sure that you don't own that board ape. Nope, I don't. But I you right can dra- click, drop save it, as, and you're like, ah. yeah. Right click, so, save as, go to Twitter, upload. So that's the interesting thing is is to see how any of this is going to be tracked or known. Now, with that, uh, do you know who Scooter Braun is? No, is that DJ? He's a he's he's a producer, but he he he's the guy that bought Taylor Swift's cat song catalog and flipped ah. it, and made like a hundred and fifty million dollars in like a week. And then she uh, the re-record, and then she re-recorded yeah. it all, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. And and you know what? That's I, and thanks for bringing that up because that's a really good point. Because Taylor Swift is like, I don't like that. So how does Scooter Braun buy Taylor Swift's music? Well, it's because she originally sold a contract to Arista or Universal or someone. And they own the rights to the songs. Mm-hmm. So most of the musicians that you listen to have already sold that stuff or don't own. They, you know, they get, uh, uh, it's like a tenth of a cent per play on Spotify. So yeah, it's, I have $3,000 per million streams is what I got from Google. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. And, and dude, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. So here's an interesting stat. So only 1% of artists received 90% 
of all streams. Yeah. So you look at the 1% and this is, we've used this as the long tail example. Mm -hmm. So there is like a lot of artists that get like these tiny amount of streams, but there's so many of them that those all add up to be more than the top 1% in the end, but well, they could. Uh, so, uh, and, and with that only about the top eight tenths of a, of, of a percent of seemingly famous and top artists earn an average of 50 grand per year from streaming. That's not very much at all, man. Less than 1%. Not much at all. all artists, 50 grand a year. Now let's give some context to our friend and, uh, and co-star of startup hustle TV, Eric Perkins, the famous home builder, Eric Eric might make that much every month off making YouTube videos right now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. Yeah, well, and, right? and I imagine a lot of musicians probably make more money from streaming music videos on YouTube than they do streaming on Spotify. It's just got to be, it's like collective. It's it like gotta be all everywhere. together. It's like, there's not like a silver bullet that's solving it. And the problem has been is that the real money right now is coming from live music. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, it seems like they don't make a lot of money from streaming, and they make they make all their money on the on their tours. And if they can make more money off NFTs, I think you know all the power to them. And you hear these stories of DJs and stuff. They're like, oh, I never made much money, and I created some kind of NFT series, and I made like way more money than I've ever made in my career. Right. And I think everybody's still trying to figure it out, right? But to me, I feel like at least what Snoop Dogg was. I, I didn't listen to the album. Maybe it's really good. But let's just assume it's really you did, terrible. You didn't buy like, one? I threw together 18 songs and I did some hype around this shit and I got everybody to pay me five grand and ha ha, I'm running to the bank. That's what it sounded like to me, man. I'm just going to be honest. $44 million. $44 million. So do you know that the artists have to pay to be to perform at the Super Bowl? Really? Yeah. It's, wow. it's usually, it's not, it's, it's. And they are not the ones that usually pay. It's usually a label. So if yeah. you notice, if you go back in the history of, su- of the Super Bowl, the day after the Super Bowl, I was expecting a tour to be announced yeah. with Snoop, Eminem, but they didn't. So instead, they made $44 million off of selling uh, .mp4s. Yep. It's crazy, man. But, you, you know, I wonder, like, somebody like Humphreys McGee, you know, have you talked to them about their strategy with NFTs? Do they... You know, they have unique shows basically every night. Like, could they make an NFT of every one of their you have shows? A good point. And... Yeah, so, but why would I know, buy they, it? So let's, well, let's talk about that for a second. Cause I was always impressed. So they've been together for 24 years and I first saw them like a very long time ago. And when you went to the show, you could actually at the end of it, go over to a little booth and you could they, they had these towers that were burning CDs of the show that yeah. you were just at. So for 10 bucks, you could leave with it and they'd sell a couple hundred of them a night. Right. So, so with that, um, that, that kind of evolved into now they have a streaming kind of thing. So they've recorded almost every show they've had for 24 years, which is, is distributed primarily through subscription based platforms. There's one called nugs.net. So they have per- perpetual gate revenue from all that show, all those shows, which 20 years ago, there was a, it was tedious to record things digitally mm-hmm. live. Now it's like super easy, but you know, now you just plug something in the back of the soundboard and go, but you know, I haven't talked to them about that. I know that, there, I mean, there's a land grab going on for NFT stuff right now. So, I mean, if, if they aren't doing it, they probably should. I'm not sure how that would translate though. You know, like, cause here's the thing is you're also competing against yourself. Like, why would I want to buy that 
when I can go listen to it on the platform I'm already subscribing on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I use Spotify and stuff, right, myself. So it's, I don't know, it's weird. I th- the thing that makes the most sense to me is like the Taylor Swift example, where you're like, oh, I sold my, my, uh, you know, collection of all my music to whoever, right, for $150 million, if instead I could have basically sold it to my fans. And now it's like yeah. a publicly traded thing almost, right? Like if you want to own part of her music and and if there's a way, you know, you should be able to receive part of this, the proceeds and, and streaming revenue and everything that comes with it, that would be kind of cool. And I guess, you know, based on how much streaming revenue there was on a monthly basis, there would be some tangible value to it, right? Which would kind of make sense. So I, I think what you're going to see more of is, you know, artists make, uh, musicians make a lot of money off of VIP type stuff. Yeah. Yes. You know, like, so with that, you, you see all these NFTs coming out. And I think that these are, a lot of them are going to translate into things like access. Like, you know, it's like uh, early, like, well, ticket pre-sales, uh, unlocking paywalls to see content that isn't on YouTube and places like that. And it's like, you know, you're buying, it's like a, you know, a digital on uh, backstage pass. Everybody always wants something new and cool to talk about, right? And NFTs right now are just like that new and cool thing. And nobody really knows how useful they will be or not be. And I, nobody knows, right? It's, it's just a lot of speculation and playing around with things. And then some people are throwing money into all of it too, because they think, well, what if it does become something big, then I want to throw a few dollars into it just in case it does. Right. So you just got people throwing money at all this crazy stuff. Speaking about throwing money at stuff, Canva threw some money at us to remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Canva. With Canva, you can design your ideas with ease. You can get inspired. They have over half a million free templates and rich content library that helps you and your team achieve your goals. Sign up and start designing for free at canva.com. There's a link at the show notes. Matt, did you know that I created a presentation for Canva to sponsor this series. They're spon- they've got the whole NFT series, but I used Canva to create the the proposal for Canva. That and makes sense that to me. Something to, I think that had something to do with why they were agreeable. You're still the best graphic artist I know because of Canva. <laughs> Did you? See, well, I, and I am a little worried because you know I we got, I bought Apes. And I turned, I, I then, <laughs> so here's, the, unfortunately, so far, the mu- most useful thing I found out of an NFT is, I, and it's funny because they're, they look like board apes, but they are grandpa apes. They're kind yeah. of rip off apes. Now I turned them, I used them for our image based ads to promote the series. So I'm hoping that I don't get animal cruelty. <sighs> thrown in my face i don't want don't cancel me people i'm just i'm just trying to i'm just trying to to get your attention apes need love too man they do so do you think if i buy one of these snoop dogg stash boxes i'm actually going to get anything out of it or later i'll get like free backstage passes or something no you think i'm gonna get i didn't even get you don't even get stash like there's no stash in this. I don't. I, I mean, you're asking me, and like you know, I want to put a disclaimer. Like we're not giving you advice as to whether or not you should buy, speculate, or invest in any of this stuff. We're not experts in the space. I we're just sharing you know. stories about what we learned. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> where I'm going with this. So look, I bought a bunch of NFTs, like learning the process, and I just dumped them. I'm like, and they all, they, uh, dude, almost all of them went for a loss. So you sold like, all your experience. Did you sell your rubber no. duck? 
Uh, no, I, I, I kept the, I kept the, the duck and I have some grandpa apes because okay. I do, I just like the apes. Yeah. You do have some cool grandpa apes. Yeah. And the apes are, the apes are, are now being put to work with ads. And, um, I, so here's the question. Cause you know, so I bought Andrew an ape. I found an ape that I thought resembled Andrew. So I bought him one as a gift. And my question is for you is if I buy you a doggy, are you going to be able to show me what the hell these are used for? Because when they say like, use this in the metaverse, in like sandbox. How, what, is, what does that mean? Like, how, I don't even get it. Explain well, it to so me. Well, so Sandbox is just kind of like any other 3D game, like, you know, Minecraft or Roblox or any any kind of just video game, right? You know, you have an avatar, you're a person, and you just run around and do stuff in the game. Although in Sandbox, when I played with it, there wasn't shit to do and there was nobody in there. But Sandbox is the Sandbox and um, Decentraland are two of the biggest like multi multiverse, um, you know, online metaverse crap. And uh, anyways, and yeah, in Sandbox, there's Snoop Dogg skins that you can make yourself look like Snoop Dogg. And there's like a whole bunch of different ones, different costumes. If anything, it's just like, you know, for people who've played Fortnite or something, right? It's like people will pay like 20 bucks so that you can have a Patrick Mahomes jersey when you play Fortnite and run around and shoot people. Okay. Right? I mean, it's the same kind of thing. You just have like a skin. But those so that, that's more palatable for me because yeah. they're that's something like Not if you for six hundred dollars. Um uh yeah, I agree. Six hundred dollars is is a little high. Like I'm look I'm literally looking, they're called the doggies. Yeah. So I know this, I mean, we're talking about music. So this is how a musician is using it. I know it's a little veered off the path. So I'm like looking at what it looks like a pixelated version of Snoop Dogg. I wouldn't even look at this and go, oh, that's Snoop Dogg. It looks like a black dude wearing shorts and a, <laughs> and a light blue. And it's very pixelated. That's the thing. Yeah. That's why it doesn't really look like Snoop Dogg. It's because it's very pixelated. I mean, so I yeah, be it honest, just looks like a guy. All, all of these don't look like, well, like two of them do. The ones with Blunt and other stuff? No. No. You know, you saw, okay, so you, well, you talk about access. One of the, I got airdropped uh, from one of my apes, from the ape chain, apparently. I got airdropped, uh, uh, I have an invitation to like the, the cannabis cup or something like that. Oh my God. Yeah. Now, now, yeah, but, but with that, that is what, what we're beginning to see. So a lot of these things, so a very con, a very well-known fashion brand from Japan, Bape, mm -hmm. uh, which is like a competitor of Supreme. They just dropped an NFT and with, before they revealed what they were, they, they're having a big event in, in Vegas. It's all that's how baby. you got to get in. So like now here's the, but check this out though. Those are like one, 1 1.2 ETH. So you're paying oh, wow. four or $5,000 access to that so that and remember I, I mentioned it very early i had an angry pitbull as well yeah so they did a party in la now here's the thing matt and i are in kansas that, I, that doesn't do a whole lot of good for me so i you know one thing i definitely see as a great use case for nfts is actually like music tickets and like you yeah. talked about for like music experience yep. stuff i mean think about if i'm whatever musician and i sell my tickets for two hundred dollars but then what if the market, everybody wants to go see Justin Bieber or Elton John, whoever it is, and like people are willing to pay $1,000 for the tickets. The musicians aren't getting that, right? The ticket brokers and you know StubHub and all these sites are, are, are taking their share of those profits. So if there was a way for the musicians 
to be able to get more of that value as those tickets are resold later, I could see that as a big benefit. And then if the musicians could give away, you know, free NFTs, uh, you know, and almost like a little badge of like, I was there, Kansas City, April yeah, 3rd. Well, that, that's, right? what like I wanted, that kind of that's what I wanted to bring up. So, you know, you and I both worked in tickets. So when, the, when that first started originally, it was just hard tickets, meaning like yeah. actual ticket stubs. And the whole industry is away from that. Like you'd be lucky to even find a hard ticket because it's all electronic or the, and it was PDFs. Now here's the thing is, um, so at the ticket company where we did, you know, $30 million in the last four years that we owned that, I mean, that's, so people would call email and all the time, like, can I get the actual ticket subs? Cause I keep these. They're like, I yeah. have a cigar box of, of ticket stubs. And like, there was just something about printing the shitty Ticketmaster PDF that didn't do it. Not and then the same. Like, well, and then where I'm going to an event later at the Full Scale Suite, and you want to learn more about what we do at Full Scale, go to fullscale.io. But we host entrepreneurs, investors, and influencers for events. We're going to see Jim Gaff again tonight. And there's no PDF or anything. I got to use the AXS.com app to send right. to transfer those. So there's no collectible there. There's nothing that goes with that. So I could see that being something. And then I think one of the things that you're going to see is, all right, so let's just say Jim Gaffigan, because that was our example. I could see his NFT potentially having something from that show and maybe him going like, hey, Kansas City, it was great right. seeing you, you know, just some shit like that, that. And that kind of shows up in your digital wallet of like collectibles, right? Of like, right. And it's a it, collectible and yeah. They're, yeah, they're almost like trinkets or, or badges of like, these are the things I did in my life. And I like, I have a little collection of these like events I went to or whatever. Yeah. People that like to collect stuff, like you said earlier, people like to collect the ticket stubs or it's but those is there people. A, is there a value that goes with that? Now, no. well, one of the things that I, I do, I think almost certainly is going to happen is music NFTs. And then also for like creators or famous people or whatever, I think these are things are going to be in a digital wallet that's attached to your browser and it's going to end up unlocking paywalls if you want or getting you behind where people without the NFT can go in to see, see content, songs, anything. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing that makes the most sense to me. And then also the collectible side of the ticket stuff. See, and the, the other side of this from a technology perspective, if we go back to the technology itself. Most all the things that we're talking about, you could do and you don't need NFTs or blockchains to do, right? Like no, we, so we could record, I could record after we're done recording this, I could click a button to process it. Uh, which post produces it, which by the way, 20 years ago would have required an actual person to master a track. Now I just click a button and it fixes all of the, most of the problems. And I could take that file. I could go to opensea.io and I could upload this episode and sell it as a one of one NFT. Now, I mean, maybe that's I've what actually, we should be I've doing. I've actually had suggestions that we do that with the show for our <laughs> guests. Yeah. And I'm not going to have you as a guest on the show and then try to sell you the NFT that goes with it for 50 bucks. That's a little short-sighted in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, part, part of my point is that, you know, you talk about buying the rights to Taylor Swift or some of these kinds of things, right? Um, you don't need to do that with NFTs. It could be done with some other yeah. marketplace and database. Just like in Fortnite, I can buy skins. Like Not the most efficient distribution path. Yeah. yeah, Snoop Dogg doesn't have to sell them on OpenSea for Sandbox for $600. 
like Fortnite does it just fine without a blockchain, right? Like for, for me, there are so many things that are blockchain related. It feels like people are just trying to use the blockchain for all these things that don't necessarily need a blockchain to be used, um, which always kind of annoys me, but it's all the hype to me. It's all about right. hype right now. And NFTs have been all the rage for the last 12, 18 months. So, and so we, you and I recently went and saw journey and yes. Toto. Yes. okay. How many people in that sold out arena would be able to figure out how many of them know what the fuck an NFT is? None. Right. None. There are right. a couple of generations too old. Right. I mean, and th- that was the, that was why we, we found so much entertainment in this Coinbase uh, Super Bowl ad. And I loved that because that basically said, if you don't know what this QR yes. code is, th- we're good with that. And honestly, I jumped out of my chair and scanned it. Cause I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I had a hard time scanning it. Actually. I had to get yeah. really close to the TV and I actually was not impressed with that part. Sorry. The thing that was most impressive was that the square actually went all the way into the upper right corner cleanly. <laughs> for the first time in the history of that old screensaver pattern oh it, yeah. my god yeah they I must mean, have that, did that on purpose too they well they did do you remember that episode of the office that's where that came that from so in but the yeah. office they have a thing that was bouncing around like that yeah. and they would always get close and then finally like, yeah oh so yeah. yeah people that followed the office and watched that for years eventually finally had some satisfaction perfectly hit the corner Okay, so uh, all right, we've talked about some of the different things that that come up, and you know, like when it comes to musicians, like the benefit from that. Well, obviously, they can kind of they can create more, they can put some collectible stuff out there. I think that'll go well for musicians over overall. I think one of the short sides of that is like the fact that like okay, if it costs as much to, for your Ethereum transfer fees mm. as it does for the NFT, like I mean, wow, that's like. Now, I think that there's solutions coming out for that. We talked about some of the there's Ethereum different killers. Yeah, yeah, that like Polygon, Tezos, and you know some of these other things that are really built to have. So those are referred to as gas fees. And I mean, why are they so high on the images? Because if I transfer Ethereum to my digital wallet, it'll be like $2 for like 10 grand. I don't know, man. Everything about Ethereum is crazy, and that's why I don't use it. Because, yeah, like Polygon would be like one cent. But but why is that so much more than a digital wallet transfer? Is it the size of the file? Is it the nature of the file? Is it? Um, so technically, there are like smart contracts, and maybe there's some code that gets called in the smart contract. Because mm. um, it's basically like, think about like every line of code that gets called takes more resources, takes more CPU. And so therefore it requires more gas in Ethereum. Well, that's Um, what I was wondering, because if it's an image or, or music, it's an actual, actual has some file size as opposed to just a serial number. It could be something to a storage size. I bet it does. I don't know. Because the way blockchain works is you're going to, you know, most of these things want like 35 network confirmations, meaning they want 35 different places in the chain to get it. So if they all have to, I don't know above my pay grade that's why we have you matt yeah supposed to explain that stuff to why i don't use ethereum okay so if you're a musician and you're interested in doing some of this stuff uh we did make a short list of what some of the best marketplaces are and these are still good places if you're a buyer so we've mentioned OpenSea a couple times OpenSea is kind of leading the charge on a lot of this right now they're just kind of um they're the leader right now in my opinion Uh, am i wrong about that 
No, they're definitely the biggest marketplace. Yeah. Um, Snoop Dogg is on there. Yeah, but and so are you. You want to buy some stash? OpenSea.io. Yeah, ask me after we hit record about that. Okay. You know, because yeah, I'll kind. I might come over. Um, is that why my ape's eyes are so red? Yes. Yep. Okay. So wait, you were hanging out with my ape. No, uh, you bought them on OpenSea, and because of Snoop Dogg, everything's just getting kind of Stash, messed up. That's yeah. right. The secondhand smoke kind of thing. Yep. All right. So also, you've got Air NFTs, Nifty Gateway, and Rarible. So I see Rarible a lot. Um, you know, you're starting to see things that are coming in bundles. You know, like originally, you might have signed in with Google, and then you see Google, LinkedIn, like all these other things. Like, so there's definitely a lot of stuff that's trailing in the in the in the path and i think a lot of these marketplaces are really focusing on so i mentioned the the uh the coin the tezos coin mm-hmm. uh that's not even available on OpenSea, but a lot of these other networks i think are are gonna probably close the gap on because dude i i tell you what the least palatable thing about any of this has been those gas fees oh yeah right. it's insane man absolutely insane I mean, so when I buy your doggy, I might buy you just a regular dog. <laughs> like gonna, a real in life. I'm going like to a- buy you a Shiba Inu. I'm going to name it Satoshi and I'm just just drop it off at your house. My kids would be excited. I know. And that, well, uh, that way I still would have given you a doggy the same way the other night that I sent you a duck pick. <laughs> yeah, you did. You sent me. A That's the second dog. most useful thing I've gotten out of <laughs> NFTs is I've been sending people pictures of my duck. Yeah. Which, by the way, is pretty funny because, yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, as we get ready to round out this this series, you know, once again, in the first installment, we just talk WTF as an NFT. We moved into NFT art. We've been talking about NFTs in the music industry and we are going to, I think the next episode is going to be fun too. And this is one that you know a lot more about. We're going to talk about play to earn. Yes. The gaming side of it. All right. So as a quick reminder, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Canva, where you can go to collaborate, create amazing graphic designs for free, whether it's a presentation to share an idea, a video to launch your business or a social post to start a conversation with Canva. You can design anything, discover the magic of visual communication and how Canva helps you create a lasting impact today. Go to Canva.com to learn more. Uh, There's a link in the show notes and we're putting a, a lot more links than we normally do in the show notes for this series. So you can get to the other episodes quickly. Also, so you can get to some example things. If you want to see the apes I'm talking about, I've been posting them on the Startup Hustle uh, Instagram. Uh, Join us in Startup Hustle chat. And by the way, I use Canva to take my ape NFTs and turn them into ads that I'm also running on Facebook and Instagram. So, yeah. All right. So, Matt, out of all this, like, I mean, what do you, what do you like? Like, what do well, you think? Ha- what do you think has legs? I never thought of the ticket stub idea you mentioned earlier, and and I think yeah. that's actually kind of a clever idea. If if there was some way, if you're at the show, uh, you know, you could scan a QR code or something like that, and then you know, on your phone, that would let you somehow like get the NFT of like, oh, I was there to see Ed Sheeran at you know madison square gardens on april 3rd or whatever and have that as like a collectible and be able to look back and see all the concerts I, you went to you would have a shitload of them in kansas city from all the shows you go to for sure but um i uh, you know other than that i really like the the idea of like maybe the funding side of it um being able to help musicians fund um 
you know, a new album or, or, or whatever it is trying to help them make more money than the $3,000 $3, per million streams on uh, Spotify doesn't seem like a lot of money, especially if you're a small artist yeah. and you've got a few yeah. thousand fans, like you're not going to get millions of streams. So, you know, it's interesting to me. I think a lot of like what Snoop Dogg was did is sort of just a cash grab. They're just, I feel like preying on the dumb people willing to throw money at things at this point. Yeah, I'm not going to say that that's that I disagree with that part. I think that, well, first off, uh, musicians and the music industry in general are creators. And I think that they're going to find creative ways yeah. to to get this stuff out there. I think in the end, the stuff that's going to end up being the most popular and the most utilitarian, both for buyers and sellers is going to be that like, it's like the digital passport of sorts, you know, meaning like get you to exclusive content. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants exclusive access. Matt, you see over my shoulder here, you see the guitar that's leaning up against the wall. That thing is covered in VIP and backstage passes from Humphreys McGee, Dave Matthews, other band, like, you know, uh, I can't, I mean, there's, it's literally almost, now here's the thing. I would never get rid of that guitar case. Like that guitar case is very personally valuable mm-hmm. for me because every one of those things. So a normal backstage pass, people also think like, oh, it's a laminate. No, it's usually a sticker because they change it every night. So you can't use the same one the next night. Now with that, those are collectible things and they're also easy to lose, stuff like that. I personally like sticking them to my case like that, but I think if I think that that's probably the future of it. I do think that there's probably something to be said about um, recording stuff, you know, like, I don't know, I think early access, you know, I just all of that. I, I really do think this is a good thing for musicians for touring artists and for the industry in general, especially in the wake, well, or lack of wake of two years of not being able to hit the road. Like the people I know in the music industry are not, they, they are just, they are, are raring to go when it comes to getting out on the road again. And that's still a tough process too. By the way, did you see Eric Church canceled his show on Saturday because he wants to go to the North Carolina Duke Final Four game? I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. You know that. what? I respect that. Support your team. It's too bad that the winner of that game is just going to end up losing to Kansas. Two days later. I know. I know. But this is going to come out after that. So I'm going to either look like a fortune teller <laughs> or not. And speaking of which, Matt, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go unbox that guitar now. And I'm going to record a one of one. I'm going to go open some upload, stash. I'm going to upload it to OpenSea. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, change of plan. I'm going to come over and help you unlock the, <laughs> unload the stash box. Bring then I'm coming. Well, actually, no, I, I don't. I, I, there's, I might have to Uber over there for okay. safety purposes. I don't want to give right. anyone the wrong idea, man. All right. See you next week. Yeah. Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.